Hi. <laughs> Welcome back to We Have Time Now. Let's check in. Yeah, let's check in. Um, how are you doing, Valen? Um, I'm good. I'm kind of tired, contrary to our title. I feel like, <laughs> if I'm being honest, I do not have much time now. It was such a brief moment in our <laughs> life. Um, so yeah, I, I'm good. I'm a little tired. Um, work stuff has been busy. I have like a pretty good like number of artistic projects happening, which I didn't expect hey, for now. Publish, but baby. But <laughs> what fun. are you working on? I mean, we this yeah. right this I consider this an artistic project. And then I'm gonna direct a music video next month, which will be really Woo-hoo. exciting. And I am also working on web series. Yeah. Um, finally going into the editing stage of this web series that I started writing with two good friends of mine last year. Mm-hmm. We shot it in May, and finally now, after a couple of post-production setbacks, we are going into editing. I'll figure it out. You, yeah, it'll be totally around. fine. It'll be totally fine. Yeah. But yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yay! Maggie? Um, I'm okay. I'm also pretty tired today. Um, I work at a coffee store, and so mm-hmm. today has been my first day off in a while, which has been really nice. And I went to a coffee store, and I like did some work, sent some emails, worked on a self-tape prep situation you know mm. um and then our roommate Isabel and I went to a dance class that was like mm. physically and emotionally very challenging today mm. um and so that was a little tough but it's fine I'll go back next week yeah. <laughs> It'll be okay. and, and technique will get better and strength yeah. will go up and right. you know all of this is just more practice and that's totally fine the stakes are nothing so <laughs> that's the fun part is the yeah. stakes are nothing Today, (laughs) we are talking about the legendary, the exceptional Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso! Ted Lasso! First of all, if you haven't watched it, what are you doing? What are you doing? And also, probably stop listening, because I feel like we will give you Unless you're like, I absolutely will not watch it, so I'm going to listen anyway. But you should watch it, so stop here. Yeah, and then come back. And And then come back, yes. Mm -hmm. I need the listeners to know that I am so... (laughs) freaking excited to geek out about Ted Lasso for an hour. Me too. I am a pretty recent fan of Ted Lasso. Like, it's been over the last, like, three weeks that I've watched it. The reason we're doing this episode now is that the season two season finale just came out on Friday. And so we're doing, like, a little recap of yeah. the past two seasons. Oh, and my gosh. And it's crazy because there are only going to be three seasons, right? Wait, is that a thing? I think so. I think Jason Sudeikis has said. I respect that choice. It makes me, me sad that there's not more Ted Lasso, but humongous respect for people who are like, this is a three-season show. Yeah. I feel like with a lot of TV, they just push it and push it and push it. Like, if we can make more, bad. if we get it approved. Yeah. And I also wonder, I feel like he started writing it so long ago. It's probably changed a lot, like, his life's relationship to this work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go through phases of, like, feeling drawn to specific projects and then phases of feeling drawn to others and I wonder if that's like a really natural thing you should just follow and so a three season run seems right it feels really right so Valen I just wanted to ask like what is it about the show what do you feel like particularly drawn to in it I just like 
I remember watching the first episode. I watched the first episode on a plane with my little brother. And I was so, it was also just like a weird time in my life. Like, um, one of my grandmas died earlier this year. And it was like a plane ride coming back from like having been in the Dominican Republic at the funeral. Coming back, I was going to immediately jump into directing this web series, which was like going to be my first time directing anything film related. So I was like sad, obviously, and then also just like freaking out and like doubting myself a lot. And I watched the first episode and it was like, I feel so much better. I, I, I just yeah. don't know. Like, I just felt so much more optimistic. I felt a lot more hope. It like has this quality that just makes me feel really good when I'm mm. like it. I was really inspired by Ted in, like, the most cheesy way ever, but I was so inspired. The simplest message of just, like, believe was, like, fuck yeah. 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 And it's so ridiculous because, honestly, something I really appreciate about the show is that Keely, as a character, keeps on saying to different people, you get paid to play a game. And yet, as an audience member, I care so much about what happens to this team. It's like I'm invested in soccer in a way that I've been like few other times in my life. Like that's not a normal thing, but it's like a game that they really, really believe in, and they believe in themselves because they believe in what they're doing and all that stuff. And like, I think you're so right. It feels very powerful because as people who also <laughs> are trying to get paid to play, mm-hmm. like, and are consistently told like no as part of our job like that message feels really relevant really <laughs> a lot super of the time. relevant yeah like i'm so inspired as someone who really sees like leadership and mentorship as like two core things that i want to like have consistent in my life like yeah. that show is just like they get it they get it oh yeah. wow. And there's such a sense of humor about it. Too. Yeah, they don't take themselves too seriously. They do not take themselves too seriously, which is awesome because I feel like, especially when you're nervous about leadership, it can feel really, really, it just feels so important. It feels like the stakes are so high. Like I remember directing for the first time, I was anxious for three months straight, you know, and like so on edge the whole time. And I think their energy of like, live in the humor and live in the joy of what you're doing and with the people like, that is such a helpful reminder to anyone who's, like, stepping into something that makes them uncomfortable. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there is so much joy in the show. Yeah. But there also is moments where it's not joy, you know, where yeah. you see pain and you see, like, vulnerability that's hard. The whole plot line of, like, Ted grappling with panic attacks and the divorce and all that stuff, and then also having to be this source of emotional levity for people at the same time like that's a fascinating parallel to watch those two extremes because he's such a like caricature guy is a source of light and hope and like all these positive qualities and then also having to deal with all of this stuff outside of it like that is a really interesting strain that we see people who are that optimistic and that caring and loving and there's always like a but what's going on yeah kind of question there yeah and I love that they don't shy away from it which I really appreciate because he could have just been a fun character and it's also great because his relationship with Rebecca like if he didn't have that friendship in his life and also his friendship with Coach Beard it would seem very unrealistic to me like that he could be that person for so long but he has Rebecca who like is a very calming presence in his life and someone Mm -hmm. he like 
can voice every thought that comes into his mind, both in a hilarious way and also in a very vulnerable way. Um, and then Beard and then eventually Dr. Sharon in season two, like all of these people, like we see how he needs community to be able to be this leader for the whole. We see him need to lean on people. Yeah. One of my favorite moments of season two is when he's like, I should have said this before, but I've been struggling with panic attacks. And he says mm-hmm. it to, you know, the coaches and he also says it to the team, the players. Yeah. His willingness to be honest. I also, on the Coach Beard thing, his, I think his friendship with Coach Beard is so important and so lovely. And we'll talk way yeah. more about Coach Beard, oh, too. I love Coach Beard. <laughs> There's a moment, I think, in season one where he's like, literally, shut up. Sometimes it is about winning. Yeah. Where he's like, yeah, I get this whole thing that you have where it's like, it's not about winning, whatever. But like, the stakes are really high, actually. Yeah. We can want to win. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. And I love that moment because it was like, you can care about things still. Yeah, and you can approach them in a positive way, and still realize like, I feel strongly about this, and I feel stakes around this, and that's okay. Any yeah. human would in the situation. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think the show does a great job of like presenting multiple viewpoints on any situation, but all of them are like viewpoints that it feels like the writers take seriously and give equal validity mm-hmm. to. You know, like I think it's a show that doesn't necessarily take a stance on like what perspective is best frequently. Like it'll give you a lot of options of how people are reacting to different situations. And yes, there's like a general theme of like act with kindness, you know, like community is important, take care of each other, all that stuff. But like we see so many different forms of how that happens and like how it can be hard and how it can be really straining like, very Jane Austen-y, honestly, in my opinion, in the way that she, like, uh, like validates all of her characters' experiences. I think this show does a similar thing, you know? It reminds me of the moment when Roy becomes a coach, which is a season oh, two thing, yeah. which is so exciting. Um, because It's so exciting to see him become a coach. That made me so happy because just seeing the transition from, like, player to, like, then... I'm going to mentor you now. It's just, yeah. like, I love that trend. Like, that's so... Which is exactly yes. what you are just saying about, like, wanting mentorship and yeah. leadership. And like, yeah, I yeah. love that trajectory and so much for him. And it makes sense that you're being Roy Kent for Halloween. <laughs> just I am being Roy Kent for Halloween. This yes, I everyone. <laughs> but anyway, the moment I'm talking about Roy's coach, he literally, the advice he has about Jamie is just, like, low-key, like, you got worse when you stopped being an asshole. Yeah. This is not, like, the classic Ted Lasso optimistic note, but, like, be an asshole on the field. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, that's just your strength. Like, own that strength. Yeah. And, like, yes, it's a little horrible to be around sometimes and turn it off when you're off the field, but, like, use it. If yeah. you got it, come on. And it's interesting because that's, like, what Nate says to him in the first season, essentially, is he's, like, you're not angry anymore and it's making you a worse player. And, like, you, you still have the anger, but you're not letting it, like, come out on the field. And then he has that moment where he, like, rips the bench <laughs> off the, the bench. <laughs> And then scores, like, a goal or something, and they win. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, and I, I like it because anger is an emotion that I do not um, like to express, and it's one that I think I have such a habit of repressing. I have prevented myself from feeling it for a long time. And so negative emotions tend to be, like, sadness or anxiety instead. And it's interesting because anger can be such a strength. And I think, like, validating the full spectrum of human emotion 
as like important things to feel and anger coming from a place of like a sense that something is unfair like that's a kind of a good instinct to have a lot of the time and as long as it's channeled into a productive way like playing soccer you know yeah. then it's like there's Why not a problem with anger as an emotion no it's, it's so normal it's so normal yeah worse when it festers oh my which, yeah totally i mean nate mm-hmm Nate, let's get all. Oh my god! Oh my god! Can we talk about that finale? First first of hair change. First, yeah, gray hair. Gray hair. Intense. I am (laughs) just like so in awe of what they did with Nate because every episode I was like, "What is going on with Nate? And why aren't they addressing it? What is going on? Who? Someone needs to confront Nate." Like this whole time, I was like, "What is like this Nate thing of him just being an asshole all season?" Yeah. And it, it grows little by little because at first it starts off as just like him having a bad attitude. But then it's like him doing like actively shitty things. But the guy who p- replaces what he his old job yes. that like cleans the lockers and stuff. Yeah. Him being horrible to him. And then that escalates to him leaking the thing about Ted's yeah. panic attack to the independent. And then tearing him. up the fucking belief sign. Tearing up the belief sign. That was, he went, that was intense. Cold. Yeah. So cold. Yeah. So cold. But I just think that's a beautiful, I mean, from a writing perspective, I'm just so in awe of, like, I just see them, like, in the writer's room being like, okay, so we need to get Nate to hear by the last episode. Yeah. What is going to be that little thing that we place in each episode yeah. so that we build up to hear? Oh, it's so smart. And they do it so well because I did not expect it to be him becoming the villain. I expected Ted to have this whole moment where it's like, Ted saves the day, right? Yeah. So it's what they've gotten me used to. Someone yeah. has a bad attitude. Ted will come. He'll fix it. I thought for a moment he would when they were confronting each other. Yeah. And then, and then it just made it things worse. Yeah. Which is awesome from a drama perspective. I was like, oh, what is happening? <laughs> because I remember I thought I was going to resolve things. And then it ended and I was like, nothing resolved. Yeah, Everything nothing was resolved. And then that ending of him yeah. going then to what's the team? Rupert's, Rupert's team. team. I forget what they're called. I hate Rupert. Buffy I Rupert. hate him. And here's the thing. As an avid Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. Wait, is he in Buffy? Yeah, he's the, the librarian. He's like oh the God. mentor. Oh my speaking God. of mentors. On Buffy. And he's like annoying but lovable most of the time. And so on this show, I'm like, oh God, I despise you. And he plays an asshole really well. Let me he tell you. does. Yeah. Uh, that auction episode. Oof. Really tough. Ugh. And, like, to watch Rebecca, who is established, like, from the get-go as someone with seemingly unlimited power, to, like, watch someone infringe upon that after they've done such a strong job setting it up is so actively painful, you know? Mm, Rebecca, I love Rebecca. Rebecca. I mean, she's just, she's just so incredible and powerful in, like, a really grounded and still way. Yeah. That I, I mean, the acting is just incredible. That's so good. And, like. Yeah. A question. Mm-hmm. She, out of all the actors on the show, blows me away the most, I think. The, like, tiny little emotional waves that she rides throughout the entire time, she navigates with such, like, clarity and specificity, and it's always so grounded, and every moment, there's, like, something going on with her, and you can see it, yeah. but in a very subtle way. She makes, 
the smallest but the most impactful choices in, as an actress. Oh, her friendship with Ted is lovely. Her friendship with Keely is lovely. Keely, that female friendship is just so everything. They're best friends, and also she's a mentor at the same time. Yeah, like, like the age difference is interesting. Yeah, between the two of them, and I and love that they immediately become so close. I love Rebecca and the way she made space for Keely to really thrive. Yeah, it's all Keely's potential. Yeah, made space for her. And now, if you know the ending of season two, is letting her go on her own and start her own PR company. Yeah. And it's just like, I, lo- I just love that. It's the Ted Lasso mentality. It's the Ted Lasso energy. That's the energy that I want in everything that I do. I, yeah. like, I just, what Ted Lasso was able to create in AFC Richmond, like, I want that. Yeah. Like, that sense of, like, enough that, like, Sam Obisanya was like, I can't leave here. Yeah, we like that was a crazy moment. Yeah. That was it blew me away, honestly. Yeah. And I, I want all of his expectations to be lived up to, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, we just watched the clip of like when Trent Krim writes in season one the first article on Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. That episode is so li- lovely when they spend the whole day together. Yeah. <laughs> and they go in to the, the restaurant. restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, so lovely. And then at the end, the article is like, all it says all this stuff about how he's not qualified, whatever, but I can't help but root for him. I don't know. You know that feeling when you just intensely, like, just root for someone or root for a community. It's just like, yeah. And yeah, but always the people I'd rather work with. Yeah. Are the people I'm like actively always rooting for yeah and i am nowhere without the people who have ever rooted for me oh my god nowhere yeah it goes back to believe when people believe in you so huge that's so huge and i feel very lucky to have the people who have said that to me that they like believe in me and i think made the biggest difference in my day-to-day existence my mom works in education and she talks about how having teachers who believe in you is like one of the most important things that you can have in a school environment like it's so it's a game changer if teachers don't believe in their students and like that chip is going down but oh. when teachers believe in their students you know there's a lot of hope but someone i was talking to today about recording this episode tonight said i think adulthood is realizing jason sudeikis is hot you know oh yeah really agree with that like I did not when I was like younger but now I'm like I get it I do there are very few characters on Ted Lasso that I would not marry there are very few Rupert is the primary one Nate Nate yeah yeah but everyone else I'm like yeah maybe even Jamie once I don't he does think more I could growing. do it. I think the thing is, <laughs> Jamie would be someone I would kiss. I would not. I would not. Maybe marry yeah, he is just a kiss guy. But it'd be fun. <laughs> it would be, really be fun. fun. <laughs> well, that moment when he has like emotional vulnerability with Huey, like tells yeah. her he loves her. I was like, oh, a lot of character growth, and also I'm like a little bit hesitant to trust you, but a lot of character growth. Something I appreciate about Ted Lasso is that their characters really have like arcs they don't get places like super quickly a lot yeah. of the time you know so it's nice to like kind of take your time with character development you know because he's still kind of an asshole but, but he's getting there he's getting there I appreciate it's like, it. kind of fun yeah <laughs> and i'm rooting for him to i'm rooting going, for him you know yeah because i really going. like watching him <laughs> he is you know? so fun to watch he's so his fun to watch his little headband <laughs> his headband wait the headband like 
wardrobe whoever you are yes that's so true wardrobe you would wear <laughs> that was so accurate but yeah everyone else everyone else everyone else would marry obviously like its main values are like kindness and courage and believing in all those wonderful things and care and community care and all those things but i love how they show how how many ways that can look like ted represents like the happy-go-lucky classic like he's optimistic and kind but coach beards has a lot of those qualities and is nothing like ted in the way he walks around the earth you know yeah, wait, there's a moment, a quote that I almost read out loud to you today, <laughs> where I think it's Jamie, I forget who it is, but they say something to the extent of, like, I get the sense you don't want to talk to me, and Coach Beard says, good, then it's working, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's such a different energy yeah. from Ted, and the two of them are necessary in the show. Literally. And are, yeah. And Roy, too, like, yeah, Roy is this little ball of, like... Mm. Hostility. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like but like he has so much care and softness. Mm. I mean you see it with his niece, which is one of my favorite uh, relationships. The wrinkle in time. Shut up. Okay, I think I watched it with Valen. I've never laughed that hard for that long at a TV show, like at, out loud, ever. Like when he opens the book and it's like, What the fuck is this? I was like, <laughs> I deeply, deeply felt that one in my soul because Wrinkle in Time is such a specific energy and so strange. Just like the last thing I would ever give to Roy Kent. And I love it. But he needed it. He needed it. No, the fact that Ted got the book. Amazing. I'm going to pull it out one day. Yeah. That is I can really see you doing that. Yes. And like children's books. Like like YA. Like what I read when I was 13. Yeah. Yeah. But still beautiful. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. And when he reads the ending and he's just like, fuck. (laughs) Oh, man. What a good moment. And that moment when Keely like makes his niece list what she mm. associates with him. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And it reminds me of that whole sentiment of like, it's not what you do, but like the people you know, those are the things you'll be remembered yeah. for your relationships, not your accomplishments. Yeah. And also like on the note of Keely, she ever, I love Keely. I mean, we, we need to just, like, we're going to talk about Keely now for a bit. That's what we need to do. Yeah, grab a glass of wine. <laughs> we're talking about Keely. She just is so graceful in everything she does. And it's such a beautiful presence to have on the show. Like, I remember the moment when Sam comes in to say he can't do the Dubai Air ad. The scene is so short. It's essentially nothing because Keely's like, okay, great. And then they, like, afterwards have a whole conversation about how this is derailing their marketing platform. But her way of dealing with things, generally speaking, is just so full of love and care and grace. And, like, it's so beautiful and so understated. And she just, like, knows what to do so much of the time. And I love that they have a voice on that show who is just, like, so consistently receptive and caring and emotionally intelligent. So emotionally intelligent. Yeah. So emotionally intelligent. Because, like, that could have been a drama moment, and they said, no, we're not doing that. No, because Keely wouldn't do that. She wouldn't do it. Yeah. So just, like, fun and full of life, too. I feel like she reminds you that, like, you can bring joy, you can bring fun, you can bring silly, and you can still be a bad bitch, and you can still be taken seriously. 
Yeah, oh my god, totally. And I think Rebecca learns that a lot from her. Yeah, because Keely is so relaxed a lot yeah. of the time. I feel like I'm going to bring up this quote, like, every episode we do. When Esther Perel talks about how if you don't feel safe, you can't play. I think Keely does a great job of, like, putting people at ease so that mm. they feel comfortable, like, playing and relaxing and, like, not being so hard-edged all the time. I think that's kind of what we see with, like, Roy and Rebecca. She, like, puts them at ease in a way that is so beautiful. And then also, side note, <laughs> our roommate Isabel and I had a long conversation one day about the phrase, um, like, boss bitch, like, that energy and how that's, like, girl bossy and secondly feminism-y and not cute. And so we decided we're going to start calling people boss babies instead. <laughs> and I was like, stupid because it's a movie, but also funny because it gets up that sense of like play and goofiness and how like, we don't know what we're is a doing. boss baby. You she is a boss baby. <laughs> and it's awesome. <laughs> oh, she is a boss baby. And the, her relationship with Roy is so beautiful. Because so many times you see shows and that like dream couple that you have that finally gets together and it's like, yes. Is just like that's just what happens. Yes, they got it, and then like, it's all fantasy and rainbows until something devastating happens. Right, right, right. But the way they deal with their relationship is so real. Like mm. when I think of when she was like, "I need to be alone. Like you're around me all the time, yeah. and I need to to just not be around." And he gets offended for a while, mm-hmm. but then he thinks about it and he's like, "I'm gonna give you your space." Yeah. And how that's like, okay. And that's just part yeah. of learning to be with someone. And also towards the end of the season, when, you know, Keely starts to become a little more independent and yeah. really paving her own path. And that bothers Roy. But he doesn't want it to bother him. It's the yeah, which is really sweet to watch. And also, like, so human. Yeah. You know, like, if people who are important to you are, like, skyrocketing to success. He thinks of his own career on kind of, like, the downhill from being a pro player to being not involved in soccer, like, coaching children's soccer, all that stuff. And to, like, have those two storylines happening simultaneously and watch him try to navigate that is so interesting. And also tough because, of course, it's hard. Of course, it's so hard. And he's trying so hard to not let it get to him. And I I like how they didn't shy away from the fight that they have about it that's like not really a fight but it's like again both of their emotions are so validated in the stress of their relationship but also like we have so much hope that they'll get through it and like they're so honest and vulnerable with each other I don't know I'm such a fan of the relationship me too and you said something so true after that finale where you were like you could have a situation where no one does anything wrong and people still get hurt yeah like he didn't do anything wrong but you could still feel hurt yeah oh my god totally that is something I've been thinking about for a lot of this year honestly it's something that gets to me a lot because okay my mom shout out Jen love you hi Jen Um, hi Jen she would say something to me when I would get like nervous as like a young child I'm talking like four years old about like stupid things about like you know home invasions and getting murdered like things that were not realistic (laughs) she would be like Maggie most of the people in the world are really trying their best and most of the people in the world are good and that's something that she just like really believes from the bottom of her heart 
And it's taken me a long time, but I think I do believe that also that like most conflict doesn't come from a place of like ill intention. It comes from a place of like misunderstanding or like even like when everyone's like very clear on what's happening, if people's like wants and needs don't align with each other, then like obviously someone's going to feel hurt about it. And so I think as a person, I'm really interested in art that is like not afraid of pain that is caused from no one doing anything wrong. Like I'm interested in everyone trying their best and still letting life be complicated and tricky and really hard to navigate, you know? Nate is a perfect example of like people could do nothing wrong. You could still be so hurt, so hurt that you turned into like a villain. Like Ted didn't do anything. And Nate had this story in his head about being abandoned. Right. Right. And also it's interesting because it's like that experience of being abandoned can feel so true because like maybe in an ideal world, if it was just Ted and Nate in a vacuum, of course, Ted would behave differently in their relationship. But like given the context of everything else that is going on in his life, of course, he's not showing up for Nate in the way that he that Nate wants him to or needs him to just because he's not able to. And even if he did show up, right, who knows if it would have been in the way Nate needed to satisfy whatever his need was. I also, that reminds me of a conversation I had with a different friend who was talking about this idea that, like, in relationships, people can generally be about, like, 80% of what you need. Or that's, like, the maximum someone can be. Like, no one is 100% compatible and can fill can like every single one of your needs always and so like thinking of relationships is like our maximum capacity of being perfect for each other is like 80 percent and acknowledging that like certain sources of like fulfillment in a relationship have to come from somewhere else always like no one person can be your everything I think is really important and also something we see like fail hard <laughs> in yeah. the case of Nate and Ted and, and I want to clarify that I feel like so many of the times people say the word relationship and their automatic assumption is romantic. But this is like every relationship. Yeah, like like, our roommate friendship relationship cannot be 100% perfect. We can't fulfill 100% of our needs. Yeah, and it it comes back to that Esther Perel quote. I swear we're going to quote Esther Perel every episode. We just need to do our own separate episode on Esther. (laughs) We will. We really will. Her quote about like how people like expect what used to be a whole village yeah your community your village provides for you in different ways and we're seeking a whole village from one person and that's our romantic partner for some reason in like a strange monogamous relationship that exists for like tax benefits like we can't get everything we need from one person yeah we need a community we need to have different relationships with different people because also while it's true that we need a community of people. We also only have the capacity, I think, as we see with Ted, to have like strong emotional vulnerability and like active emotional support for some people. Like we can't do that for everyone we interact with. And so like having those various relationships in your life is really important. And like acquaintances are important and like peer relationships are important and mentor mentee relationships are important where like the expectation of emotional Support is different, but you get something else out of those relationships always, you know? And part of that is also the relationship with yourself, too. We'll That's say more a about whole that. huge relationship that yeah. is, like, 
because I'm thinking about that 20% that's missing, right? It's yeah. like people can only give you 80%. Then I think that 20% needs to be you. Like, I think you need to show up for yourself. The, I feel bad that I forgot his character name, but the guy who works and like cleans the locker room and like used to do what Nate did in season one. He gets him a shirt or something that says Wonder Kid or something on it. And everyone's really excited about it. And he's like, okay, yeah, sure. Nate, he's checking like through Twitter or something. Mm -hmm. And he sees someone makes fun of him. Like calls him a loser or something. And you just literally see it trigger him. He goes into the locker room and he like throws the shirt at the kid and like yells at him and says like, I will ruin your fucking life and just like slams the door. And it's just like, is this a them thing really? Or is this a me thing that's happening right now? Yeah. Oh, totally. Because that was a him thing. That that was was a, absolutely. He was absolutely emotionally triggered and he needed some way to release it. And he chose hurting someone. Yeah. Man, it just like, wow, takes so much self-awareness to navigate, right? Because it's like so much of the time it is an us thing. You know, where it's like, I, again, I think most people are trying their best and no one is like... Very few people are out to get other people, you know? And at the same time, like, it's also on the flip side easy to take so much responsibility for a whole situation on yourself. Like, he was overthinking that comment for sure, you know? And it's like, you don't need to be thinking about your own actions that much, you know? So it's interesting because we saw two very different sides of that issue of, like, centering himself and his actions in a way that like is wildly out of proportion and then also putting all of that pent-up energy and self-reflection and stakes like emotional stakes onto someone else which is really psychologically very apt and there are definitely times where i've been triggered by something and overreacted to something because yeah. of it, or made a stunt, or jumped to conclusions in a way that like wasn't necessary. It was like literally all in my head because it triggered some fear that I have yeah. internally about like how I'm perceived, the narrative I've created in my head, etc. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't expect to talk about Nate that much, but I just feel like he really is a lesson in like, fuck, like we all have that side of us that's just oh like my God, yeah. so fearful, so fearful, and so acting out of pain. But it's like, how do you have that self-awareness? It's a show that has a lot of fear on it. Like, there are people who are, like, the stakes are really high for all these characters. And also, all of them deeply care about what they do. So there's a lot of, I don't know, nerves all incorporated into that. And I think it's really interesting to see how that can bring out some of the most like caring and loving responses. And it can also be so destructive. I've never thought about, wow, I've never thought about how prominent fear is on that show. I mean, we see it in Nate, and then we see it in Ted. In Ted. As he, like, does therapy for the first time. Yeah. So oh my much God, that fear. Scene and when he, like, for so, like, it's like rambles. five minutes. He just rambles. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, incredible writing and performance. That was, yeah. like, crazy. He, like, gets on the couch. He's, like, yeah. he, like gets in chair. And then after, like, minutes of him just, like, rambling and making little observations, like, look at this little bobblehead on the desk yeah. and, like, <laughs> making jokes. He's, like, so when does this start? And she's, she's like, like oh, <laughs> Okay, can we talk about Dr. Sharon? Yes, let's talk about Dr. Sharon. I love her. I love her as well. 
she just brought something to the show that is like that outside perspective that she brings so necessary because she's like invested and involved and we watch her get involved over the course of the season but she brings like almost like an audience perspective Mm -hmm. which is so interesting to watch because I think especially in the context of like a sports team that is so inherently like self-involved and also intense and like they have their own community already to watch her like become part of that very slowly is super interesting I mean her journey with Ted is like a whole thing and how Ted teaches her that vulnerability brings out vulnerability and like how she could be more vulnerable in the way she helps her client even though she what I love about her she knows she's fucking good at her job yes she she always says like and I was already amazing at my job to begin with yeah but also she's like wow I learned from this person that I could be better in this way and accepts that and is like grateful for it I think that's beautiful it's so beautiful it's so beautiful and everything she like brings to the team is she gives them a lot of space I think to like reveal things about themselves and also is like an advocate for space and relationships when it's helpful you know like I remember she draws boundaries like left and right at the beginning of her relationship with Ted which is amazing it's so interesting and very like not even like apologetically at all she's like this is a this is a boundary this is a boundary it can be an act of kindness to draw some boundaries you know yeah yeah Well, first of all, I feel like we haven't talked about Coach Beard enough. My icon, my king, <laughs> I love him. I knew you would love Coach Beard. And, like, that's why I was so excited for you to watch the Coach Beard episode. <laughs> like, this is freaking chaotic. That man goes through so much in one night and wearing just the craziest pants the I've ever seen. Pants. I just love that he is, like, so present and so fully there in every episode, but says just so very little, and most of the things he says are, like, niche musical theater references. He's, like, always speaking his truth, you know? Coach Beard is such a lesson in, like, you can be quiet. Not that, like, oh, don't say things when you feel like saying them, but sometimes it's, like, no one needs this right now. You needed to <laughs> feel some sort of validation in that moment. But taking a chill pill and just being like, I'm here. I'm not questioning that I'm here or why I'm here. So I don't need to be saying stuff all the time. Right. And I'm like, I will tell you when I have an opinion. Yeah. I promise. I promise, like, I will speak up. And also, I am obsessed with, like, how much he researches over the course of the show. Because for a show that has, like, a running bit about how they're unqualified to be there, he, like, really kind of knows what he's talking about. It's awesome. I love it. Oh, such an important character with so few lines. And also, I love how this character gets, like, complex in the case of a toxic relationship. Yeah, I have lots of questions about... Isn't it, like, Jane Payne or something? Jane Payne! (laughs) They really did name her that. Yeah, I don't know where they're going with this. It's, like, kind of funny for a second that he's in a toxic relationship, and then it's, like, really not. And also, like, everyone is clearly aware of it, but no one is, like, taking it seriously enough. I think they are, because remember that episode with Higgins, where Higgins was like, oh, I yeah. need to say oh, something. Oh, my God, and everyone was like, no, And everyone no, no. was like, no, you just don't. Yeah. And he did. And Beard was actually grateful for it. But, like, nothing's really done, but I think that's right. Because I think... Okay, we're in a TV show. Everything runs perfect. This is ideal world. Higgins says something. He breaks up with her. It's over. 
Yeah. But I think it's way more nuanced than that. It's like Higginson something. He's like, I appreciate that. And still he's stuck in the cycle. Yeah. And I, I, something I want to, like, learn more about as a person is, like, relationship cycles. You know, how, like, you seek out people who fulfill similar needs mm-hmm. to previous partners. Or, like, friendships, we seek out similar people. I think that's a really interesting phenomenon, you know? Mm-hmm. Just really interesting. They're much more predictable than we think. I, dude, yeah. That's kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy. like everyone fucking loves Roy it's interesting because I think he has like such a culturally valued type of like angry fan favorite man swears a lot shows some vulnerability and so everyone like loves him but I like that Ted Lasso like doesn't let that become his only thing you know where it's like he's also going through a major career transition that is independently very separate and impactful and also he's actively trying Sam. 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 I think a lot of his maturity comes from the fact that he has this beautiful relationship with his father. Mm. I love every time he's on the phone with his dad. I know. And also, like, what strong communication skills the two of them have, you know? Yeah. Like, because they're both so, like, vulnerable and honest over a, like, (laughs) notoriously flawed platform, you know? It's awesome. And it made me really sad when, like, Jamie was overhearing a call with his with Sam and his dad. Of course, Jamie wasn't going to move in the same way Sam does. Yeah. Because Sam has all this beautiful love and support, which is not bad. I think that's the most wonderful thing. But it's like, fuck, when you don't have it. Like, of course you're not going to move through the world as kindly. Oh my god, I was just talking about how my mom really shaped my life view about assuming things about other people. But yeah, no, you're so right that it's like, it's so clear that parental relationship is so important in how Sam interacts with the world. Okay, can we talk about Sam and Rebecca and that whole thing that happens? Yeah. They meet on this app called Banter. You don't like see pictures, you don't know how they look like, you don't know what they do. You just talk to them and then like the connection you form is just this conversation. And we learn that the connection they form is beautiful. It really is. They're both so invested. And Sam fully believes that some what's happening is something special. To the point where, like, even when she re- he realizes it's Rebecca, he still is like, can we at least have dinner? And they're really into each other. But then she breaks it off because she's like, you're too wonderful. I know you feel a certain way about this relationship. I do. I I think why I buy into it more than you do, there's something that hit, like, really personal for me about Rebecca being like, this is really fucking scary. Because this is not who I expected to deal this with. There's so much that's wrong when you look at it from an outside perspective. But fuck, I, like, do feel this way. I feel like a lot of the reason why, I mean, I don't know the reason why I haven't made a strong romantic connection with somebody, really, but I think I do have similar walls built up as Rebecca does in that regard of, like, judging 
the person in a way that like when you look at it really closely I'm just judging myself and overthinking for reasons that don't really matter I just remember watching that episode when she says the thing about like you're too wonderful and I need to figure out what that's about I was like whoa and so I think like the reason why I was really into it and was rooting for them was for personal reasons slash I'm in love with Sam. Um, A great reason. A great reason. Yeah. I personally, and again, this is like my filter that I'm putting on it for sure. Don't love them together. And I think it to me is like mostly about how their power dynamics would would enter into their relationship like after having this conversation like don't get me wrong conversation and connection is so important and like the idea of banter is really interesting honestly as a social media app but like as soon as they meet each other like they are bringing their full context of power dynamics and their existing relationship into it and I think that's not insurmountable and if any two characters on tv can surpass those I bet it's them you know I just, like, I don't know. My instinct was to be, like, oh, I don't know. I don't like that. And I, I want, yeah, I don't know. I think the power dynamic is a very real thing. It's true. We haven't seen them not in secret. And that could be messy. It could be really messy. And also, like, I'm hesitant. Like, relationships that people find the need to keep a secret it's kind of an embodiment of fantasy in a lot of ways where it's like it's kind of an extension of the banter issue I have where it's like that's not how your relationship exists in reality because you're only bringing the select part of yourself it's kind of like in a vacuum it's in a vacuum and you cannot live your life that way yeah you can in this context always always yeah so I think that is something I'm interested to see them navigate yeah I'm interested to see them navigate that as well and I trust the writers a lot My AirPods just did the thing where they're like, Alright, we love you. Love you. Have a good week. We'll see you next Bye-bye. time. Bye-bye. Watch Ted Lasso if you haven't. Well, if you've gotten to the end and you haven't watched, like, I'm so sorry. Then, wow, you fucked up. <laughs> Alright. Bye-bye. is produced by Magdalena Delzel and Valen Marie Santos and edited by Valen Marie Santos. We come out with new episodes every Friday. Bye!